BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials, and welcome back to The Toast. Happy Wednesday, also known as Hump Day. So don't forget to uh, gyrate to get, get a little Damn, the Strice Brethren should be here to celebrate. They should be here. Standing with your arm around me here. What song is that? You should be here. I don't know. It's a weird song. No, it's like like giving like a fake like Disney Channel energy. <laughs> Literally. What song is that? I have to I have to look you it up. You should be here. I have to look it up. I'm sorry because this is an itch I need to scratch. It it's like I don't even know if it's sung by a boy or a girl. <laughs> oh, it's Taylor Swift. No. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. It's Cole Swindell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Not me thinking it was Taylor Swift. That's like, she's so much better than that. She would never. She would never. You should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what a random, like, by the way, speaking of music. Speaking of music. Good music. Good music. Yesterday, Jackie and I dropped an amazing Patreon episode. It is a over an hour long. It's an hour and 10 minute podcast. Part podcast, part radio. So we do the segment. We did it a while ago and we brought it back yesterday because there's so much new music coming out that we've been really enjoying called Toast Radio, where it's basically like you're listening to a radio show on the radio, but it's actually good. It's two of your favorite gals laughing, chatting, talking about music, but also just talking about like life, celebrities. And then we're introducing some of our favorite music from the last maybe two months. So it's 10 songs. Five of them were chosen by me. Five of them were chosen by Jackie. They're cross genre. Um, And then we chat in between each song for a couple of minutes about the song about, you know, making it about ourselves, whatever it may be. So it's about like 40 minutes of chatting, 30 minutes of music. And it's so good. The, the feedback has been so good. People love it. And it's really great if you commute or if you are taking a long walk and you want to listen to music, but you also want to listen to your favorite girls. Yeah. When I was getting ready this morning, I had to hit up Toast Radio and people said like while they were cleaning, it's just like such a fun idea concept. And we had so much fun doing it. And the songs are Fire Flames. And I hope that we introduce you to something that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. So it was um, very exciting. That's what was going on yesterday with us. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's Wednesday. I went out to dinner last night. It was delicious. What'd you eat? I had a salmon. Salmon. And a little margarita pizza. Yum. I love a pizza, like as an appetizer for the table, you know? Of course. You know, just like... Is that a hot take? No, no, but I just feel like it's not spoken about nearly enough as it should be. Yes, because we don't talk about it because it's just so obvious. But like, I don't know. I feel like it's not obvious. Like, like we didn't order it, and then I was like, wait should what if we just got a pizza and everyone was like let's get a pizza oh so you're saying if you weren't there it's not something that like 
other just, people would have done. I'm basically just trying to say, like, had I not been invited to the dinner, it wouldn't have been the same. It would have been a pizza-less dinner. It would have been a pizza-less dinner. So that's what I did. Ben is home, so I was able to sleep. It was great. That is great. I, I watched Succession you, last night. Oh, you did. Yeah. I did. And um, it was, as you said, what was the thing you were about to say that I was like, no, I'm Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. Shiv being pregnant. Right. Does that change things much? A little bit. I think like if, you know, these guys were going to push her out and now they know she's pregnant, like they're going to push her out even more. Oh. Right? Oh, oh I like guess, Like these business yeah. honchos, all men. Yeah, I guess that's like corporate ting. And now she like certainly doesn't want to tell anyone because she's already being pushed out. Got it. Okay. And then of course, Tom. Tom. Is the father, I assume. Like, I assume? Yeah, I mean, they were trying, right? They were talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. But we know that Shiv is pregnant in real life, so it's cool that they're doing it. Yes. And I hope that she didn't take that tumble. You know, I hope that was a stunt double because she is pregnant in real life. And that was a horrible Oh, my God. I literally gasped. I do love, though, like like shows when they randomly throw in somebody falling. I know. I was actually going to text you when she fell. I was. Did I relate to it? Is that what you were going to ask? It's just like falling is kind of your thing. Yeah. Obviously, Succession is inspired by my life. um, And I loved to see, you know, women out here falling. Not pregnant women. Not pregnant women. No. So it, it was only two steps, so. I, yeah, I, I think it was more so just like embarrassing. Humiliating. Embarrassado for someone who is embarrassado. Yes. Finally, an, a correct use of the term. An embarrassado woman feeling embarrassado. Yes. Wow. We've kind of come full circle as a brand. I feel like all of our episodes of The Toast have brought us to just that moment. It was kind of like what we just experienced is a similar feeling to what I experienced when we finally had Sarah and Aaron Foster on. To discuss justice for David Foster. It was like a full circle completion of some yeah. sort of arc. Like that's why we do what we do. Right. So we can get to say embarrassado and embarrassado. In the same sentence using dual meanings. Using dual meanings. That's beautiful. So other than that, I liked your explanation of the episode better than the episode. So I should just keep going with Turdy's explainers. But it was cute. And then I guess like at the end, Kendall is like activated. Right, right. With his Grinch smile spreading across his face when he wants to, you know, publicly slander his father. Yeah. Posthumously. Posthumously, without anyone knowing, in a soft way. I am obsessed with the word posthumously. Okay. Um, I think because for a long time I spelled it wrong, because like in my head it's post- Humlessly. Yeah. So, and now that I know it correctly, sometimes, and you really can't use it that much because it has to be posthumously. But when you use it correctly, like it just, I feel like I've won, like I should win some sort of prize, you know? Yeah. Posthumously. Well, don't go using it too much. Hope not sporadically. Ah! <laughs> not sporadically, of course. The references are just on fire today. I don't want to jinx it. I know. That's like three really good ones. Posthumously. Embarrassado. Embarrassado. And not sporadically, of course. No. Yeah. What is she saying? Not sporadically, I I'll hope. I'll be seeing you. Not hope spor- not, I hope not sporadically. I hope not sporadically. Yes. That's my boyfriend, Paul Rudd. Gymnastics teacher to the stars. <laughs> to the stars. Yeah. That was you. I know that you have a whole new set of makeup um, because you have like a set here in New York. You're looking stunning. Really? Yeah. And I there was wonder- a lot of comments about like your makeup, like giving glam. Well, yeah, I got some new things, but like of my things that I use, there were a few things that I couldn't get. Like you gave me the setting powder. That I'm loving because Givenchy. there is a run on Laura Mercier translucent powder. It is 
out of stock everywhere. Like online, I was doing like Sephora, Instacart, and I tried one more place. Oh, I sent Zach to, to Bloomingdale's. Oh, Bloomingdale's, great. And he, there, it's nowhere. So Claudia generously gave me like a Givenchy. Prisma Libre. It's so good, right? It's so good. Like I'm going to buy it. And actually, it's probably better for you than it is for me because it has pink. pinky undertones. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're liking it. Keep it. I will, but there's I mean, not, there's not that much left. You can keep it. It's already, it's half full. Jackie, it's half full. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get it. You should. I really liked it. Oh, good. Yeah, because um, I like it. Oh, my God, I'm going viral on TikTok. What are you doing there? This is the thing. Like, I spend hours and weeks. And then, like, I put up some crap. And I, prob I probably took 14 seconds to record it and put it up. Over a million views. What is it? Some dumb, like, I it's, have to watch. Yeah, it's, I have to support from Someone my... was like, somebody made a thing and it was like, guess a celebrity just based on their mouth. And like, okay. who better than me could do that? I got every single one. And it wasn't even hard, but people are like, this is so impressive. I'm like, it is? You should listen to the toast. Or you, do you know what I do for a living? Okay. Jackie's watching my TikTok. Guess this. Let's see if you can guess it. Turn the volume all the way down. Okay. I just feel like I will It hasn't started yet, right? No. There's. Oh, okay. You got Did the you first get it? One. No, I didn't know it started. Turn the volume down so you don't spoil it for yourself. Oh, wow. No. I you don't know no. any of them? No. Yeah, Leighton Meester, I would have guessed that too. But I yeah, but you like, did it. Why yeah, are, but you did it. No, I would have. Emily. Oh, no. I wouldn't have you gotten that You wouldn't have one. got that either? No. It's so quick, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, yeah. No, Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that, okay. But you know what I meant. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Yeah, the Meryl Streep one was easy. They showed like her whole face. Yeah. <laughs> it was like not even hard. Okay. This is This is fun. the last one. Je uh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, there's one more that was really hard that I almost didn't get. Wait, keep okay, going. Okay, let's see if I could get it. Man. Sam Hunt? You know what? I thought it was Sam Hunt too at first. How did you get? That's crazy. I know. By the these. way, I didn't think it was so crazy, but I guess that's like a skill that I have guessing celebrities just based on their mouths. And... You should. That's what all the comments were about. Go on tour, uh, guessing mouths. You know they play that game on Watch What Happens Live a lot. Like whose nose is it? Yeah. And I guess I'm like really good at it because I get it there too. I, I I thought it was like not a difficult concept, and it, that's why it went viral. People were like so impressed. I'm like, wait, do I have a talent? <laughs> <laughs> it is impressive. I am going viral like dreams made of. Oh, and I'm going to a Broadway show tonight. Which show? I've been wanting to see it for so long. Have you heard about it? It's called And Juliet. Maybe. It is the work of iconic pop producer Max Martin. So it's all Max Martin music. And like he stems from like current to like Celine Dion. Like a lot of really impressive music. But the concept of the show is um, what would have happened if Romeo and Juliet like didn't die. So it's like the aftermath of Romeo. You know who needs to see that? Who? Zach from Love is Blind. Why? Romeo and Juliet didn't work out for a reason. Did he say that? Over and over again when, like, Bliss's family didn't like him. Like, the way I was so turned off by him, like, I actually physically had to tune out what he was saying. Also, <laughs> I sent you this on Instagram last night. Yeah. Um, I just packed. I just feel like I want to say that I was right. You know, when we were, and people thought our Love is Blind recap was, like, so radical. They're like, not you guys, like, disagree with everything that the internet is saying. It was like, the, oh. Have you watched a show? No, not only that. this show? The internet is always right, so I want to agree with them all the time. So what he had said was, like, I mean, you came on the show to be famous. And I was like... That's weird because he then proceeded to plug his own Instagram. It seems like Zach was the one who came on the show to be famous. Then somebody, thank you, I don't follow him, but a bunch of people sent this to me yesterday. Like, Turney, you were right. He got paparazzied in the airport, which maybe he called, maybe he didn't. He, TMZ video paparazzi. TMZ video paparazzi. So maybe he called, maybe he didn't. 
I feel like he did. But what he proceeded to do was then like download the video from TMZ, upload it to his, his, his Instagram story in full and tag like TMZ, tag the photographer, tag everyone, the link to the article. Like that's what a person who wants fame would do. I would do it because I want fame and I don't shame other people who do. So just further proof now that I was right. Irina, honestly, I haven't even seen a thing about Irina. She hasn't even been thirsty at all. Her Instagram hasn't even come across my desk. Yeah, like, not since her apology. Right, which was truly painful to watch. Yeah. So once again, Turdy was right, which actually not once again, that never happens. No, but you've got to savor the moment. So you're two for two today, plus the lips. Two for two today, plus the lips. So yeah, I'm going viral on TikTok. I was right about Zach from Love's Blind. Everything's coming up dirty. Everything's, you love to see it. You do. You are wearing one of our new merch sweatshirts. You look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Yes, I am wearing the pink crew neck that says the toes that Claude wore yesterday. It's In a size. Large. Merch launches tomorrow. Hide your kids, hide your wife. 10 a.m. Eastern time. Toastmerch.com. New crew necks. Accessories like mugs and phone cases. All of the products that we will be launching will be on our Instagram so you can, you know, Learn Plan before, your buy. Yeah, learn before you buy. Learn before you shop. Shop before you learn. <laughs> learn and shop. Shop and learn. <laughs> um, so that's toastmerch.com. We've got a great show. It's Wednesday, which means we have Dear Toasters. We can help some yes. girlies in need. I and feel like it's been forever since we did Dear Toasters. Well, I did it last week with, who was on Wednesday? Snatchler. Margo. Yeah. And um, the Snatchler's episode of The Toast, it's just so interesting. You know, you think you know your audience. Like, the Snatchler's episode of The Toast outperformed all of these big fancy guests. Is that crazy? She's just the Snatchler. I don't even want to tell her that because like now she'll be like, oh, I'm too good. Oh, oh, you want me to come on The Toast? What are Here's you going to do for fee. What are you going to do for me? Yeah. So. I love that for her though. Everyone needs a little counseling from the counselor. So true. Dear counselor, snitch. Dear future counselor. Oh, Megan Trainer had a baby. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, she posted just, it on TikTok. I saw that she said that her husband had been shaving her legs. Relatable. And I think it was implied like, her hoo-ha. Yeah, of course. While her bump was too big of for course. her Of course. And she's also writing a book, Dear Future Mama. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. What is it? In a memoir? I don't know, but I saw the cover and her kid is on it. Her kid is really cute. He has red hair. Does it look like memoir vibes? Yeah, because like her and her kid are on it, you know? Memoirs of a Megan? Memoirs of a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Memoirs of a Streisa is better. I never saw the movie Memoirs of a Geisha, but like the way the title of that film With has continued. Yeah continue to inspire so many different facets of my life like I should probably see it or maybe that would ruin it it might or I think it might be a really serious movie and then you might feel weird about making light of the title I might but if I don't feel light making light of you know a Sophie's choice but we do feel weird about it and we do that's why we've changed it to a DeAndra's choice yeah yeah but it's just not the same no it's not the same what choice did DeAndra have after all I feel actually like DeAndra Simmons former Real Housewives of Dallas, really did have a lot of tough decisions. You know, she had a lot going on, like between her mom, you know, her stepson. He was kind of troubled. Like, there were a lot of, lots of choices being made. Yeah, sure. Should she defend Leanne? Should she not? Yeah. You never know what someone's going through and the choices that they make. I mean, life's about choices. Life's about choices. Don't we always say. We do. And you should make them. Don't let them pass you by. Some people don't want to make a choice. No, it's hard. I, one of my biggest pet peeves is like people who don't like make choices or just yeah. like indecisive. But I also am one of those people because I understand that mentality yeah, completely. Because like it's so much responsibility to make a choice. Yeah. And it's always the wrong one. I disagree. I think there's no wrong choice. The wrong choice is not making one. You know what I yes, mean? Yeah. I think whichever one you choose, like if you follow that path, it's right for you. That's beautiful. And you'll bloom where you're planted. 
I know. I actually used that yesterday in like a conversation. Who are you talking to? Just like giving advice. Not me. Not you. Who are you giving? Who you else give, do I talk You give advice to? to other people. That's so disgusting. Yeah, yeah. You know when I'm called on. Who? I was talking to Zach. Mm, what is, he? He's constantly like I needing advice. I think he was probably like, "Who are like? I don't really talk like that, especially not to in, him." Like, like you know, like, you know, woven pillow language. <laughs> in if crochet. I was like Zach, you just have to live, laugh, love. Right, right. Breathe in, but breathe I just out. said it like dead seriously. I'm like, bloom where you are planted. Yeah. And he was like, okay, sure, whatever that means. <laughs> My crazy wife, <laughs> off your rocker again. It's just good advice. It's good sound advice. I should bloom where I'm planted. I feel like I recently used that phrase. I think we were doing maybe even at the University of Miami. Yeah. No, when we you were on our panel, because it was one of those phrases. I feel like this happens with people. Everyone is like drawn to a different phrase. Uh-huh. Sometimes you hear a phrase that like either really accurately reflects like where you're at in your life, or you just find yourself using it a lot and it's like kind of becomes like your phrase it's just like a good use of language yeah there are a lot of good I feel like oh this was I think when Remy or Margot was on the show she called me out because like I was using a lot of phrases I said like those in glass houses the call is coming from inside the house couldn't get arrested I was like using a lot of like euphemismistic phrases metaphors metaphors that she was like why are you using so many phrases I was like Okay, rude. I didn't realize that I was. <laughs> I didn't realize I was under attack. No, but sometimes like those phrases are the only thing to say. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, like whatever bloom or your planted translates to. You're saying it poorly or saying it in a phrase. Right. Like maybe you should just try and like grow like and saying like a thousand in times. In the place that you're in. Right. Because, like, because the place that you're not is like not the place where you're meant to grow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I could just say bloom or you're planted. Or I could just say that. And do with that what you will. So we've got a great show. I feel as though it's a great time to dive in. What do you think? I think so. It's always a great time to dive in. No, that's actually not true. No, we could always wax poetic. Yeah. And sometimes we do. Yeah, we do. And I think that today we shall continue to. Yeah. So without further ado, here are the fast five stories that you need to know. Oh, before we start, I have a funny story to tell you oh, that has a lot to go. do. Waxing poetic. Yeah, that has a lot to do with what I'm about to talk about. So... The craziest thing just happened to Ben, and I feel like it's a cautionary tale, and it's also just a hilarious story. So for Spritz, they have all these different reps in, like, different markets, and they have, like, credit cards to buy promotional materials for, you know, going into stores and selling Spritz. So they have, like, you know, flyers like and stuff. a company stuff. card. A company card. And so when they were doing expensive, expensive, these reps, like, never ha- have more than, like, $200 on their monthly accounts because they're really just buying, like, flyers and, and cardboard and stuff like that. And this one rep, who's, like, this really cool young guy that Ben knows, I think in, in Texas, his credit card charges were, like, $1,200. So Ben called him up and was like, by the way, why was your expenses? Like, it's fine, but, like, can you tell me what you spent all this money on? He was like, those gift cards that you asked me to get. And Ben was like, what? He's like, you literally texted me asking me to get you gift cards. And Ben's like, what are you talking about? So the guy sends the screenshots to Ben. And he's like, as he's sending them, he's like, okay, in hindsight, I realized, like, I think we might have been scammed. Like, someone was impersonating you. Me and Ben are cackling reading these messages. Somebody impersonated Ben Jackie to a T, signed off on these text messages. Thank you, Ben Soffer, founder and CEO of Spritz. Like literally it's so much information on Ben and they asked this guy to pick up gift cards. He's like, hey, I'm coming to town for some clients. Can you pick up gift cards? So guy was like, yeah, sure, what do you need? Right. And he runs to like a, a drugstore and buys all these gift cards, sends pictures and the guy is, is being like, I need them now, I need them now, please get them now. And the guy who works around is like, okay, okay sure. Just doing what, is, what his boss his is asking. Cards. And signed off on every message. 
founder and CEO spritz. Like if they was crazy how much information this person had when they were impersonating Ben. That's so scary. It is it does make you chuckle and that's like a low stakes right. situation, but it's so scary and there are so many crazy stories of impersonation scams. And so and Ben is like um like a tech savvy young person. He's not like who you would think is like typically susceptible. And so is this guy. They're not who you would think is susceptible to impersonation scams. And that's why Amazon is really passionate about making sure that you are as protected as you possibly can be when shopping. So with Amazon, it's so important that you verify your purchases on Amazon. So if you receive a message about the purchase of a product or a service, do not respond to that message or click on the link in the message. Always log into your Amazon account, use the Amazon mobile app and confirm that it really is your purchase before taking any action. You can trust Amazon's app and website. They will not ask for payment over the phone or by email, only on the mobile app, on their website, or in one of their physical stores. They will never call to ask for payment. I once got a call from someone saying it was Amazon. I'm like, Amazon does not call. At first I was like, wait, what? Because I had made like a big purchase on, on Amazon. Amazon. Weirdly, I, that was just coincidence. So I was like, oh, they're calling me about my big purchase. Yeah. And then I like took a pause and I was like, they wouldn't call me. They've never called me right. before. And I'll check my app if there's right. an issue. They know where to reach me. So it's so important to be wary of urgency. And that's really something I saw in Ben's. The guy was like so panicked. Come on, hurry. I need it now. So if there's like that sense of urgency, that's like a really big red flag for scammers because they often try to create a sense of urgency to persuade you to do what they're asking. Do not be pressured to buy a gift card. Gift card is like the biggest red flag. Amazon will never ask you to purchase a gift card. No legitimate sale or transaction will require you to pay with gift cards. You can learn more about common gift card scams on the Amazon help pages. So if you're ever unsure, just contact Amazon. You can also see what um, else has been reported in a similar situation. Because in the U.S., Amazon has partnered with the Better Business Bureau to provide consumers a searchable scam tracker that enables you to search suspicious communications reported by others via email, URL, phone number, and more. So I know everyone thinks they're like above it. Like, I'm smart. I could never. Like, I'm not my grandma. But you know what? Ben and his coworker, who are both like young guys who work at a startup, they're very tech savvy. They are the perfect example of people who probably would never be, you know, susceptible to something like this. And they got scammed. And they didn't even realize until a month later. No, the scammers are adapting. Yeah. And so we have to, too. You have to, too. Always be on alert. When you're shopping with Amazon, which I know a lot of you do almost on a daily basis, trust their app, trust their website. Do not trust turn phone calls, turn emails out of the blue. Always check the app. Be wary of urgency. Be wary of anybody asking you to get a gift card and always verify your purchases on Amazon. Thank you, Amazon. We're glad to partner with you today because this is a very important PSA. It is. Thank you so much, Claudia. You're welcome. Like I was like roasting Ben, but you know what? Like it kind of freaked me out. Like if it can happen to Ben... Yeah. It can't happen to me. Yeah. Ben has gotten scammed like a couple times. Both of you are pretty gullible though. No, I don't think so. That you're not skeptical? No, I'm not. I don't know. I could see you like being like, oh my God, I got this text. Oh my God, they want me to go to like red carpet, go to the Oscars. That's how you could like actually scam me if anybody, <laughs> if anybody was looking to. Literally. If anybody was looking to scam me, just invite me to the Oscars. Oh my God. Don't. Please. Don't do it. Are you ready for our first story? I am. I would say the stories today are in no particular order. You know, just sort of... Of importance. The chip, let the chips fall where they may sort of thing. Let the chips fall, fall where they, they may. may. Yeah. 
First, viewers are panning Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos' brutal first live show together, the eagerly anticipated first episode of Live with Kelly and Mark, starring married couple Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, has garnered mixed reviews. Many viewers accuse the married couple of fake banter and being oh. boring during the hour-long show. Ripa was even accused of repeatedly interrupting him when Mark shared Relatable that, queen. When Mark shared that the two had enjoyed a romantic stroll through the park recently. Uh she had interrupted him on that story, I guess. Um, and there was some pe- some kissing. Oh, that's unnecessary. So I haven't seen it, mostly because I don't care. But I do want to say, as somebody who can speak from experience, like working with your partner, I think a lot of people would think is like seamless chemistry. It's probably more difficult than working with like a coworker. So I'm going to give Kelly like a little breathing room to, you know, find their footing. It took me and Ben years, actually, years. Yeah. Even aside from it being her husband, like a new co-host, right. it takes a second to find your step. Like, Tony and I, we do a little dance. Yeah. It's like a little salsa. Tango. Yeah. And it, it takes a while. It takes it takes you know, time. And being interrupted is part of our dance. Yeah. Like, it's one of the steps. Right. And it's gorgeous. Amazing. And maybe they'll work that into theirs as well. But it takes time. I don't think if, you're, if you've been a lover of Kelly and live with Kelly that, like, you should never watch again. That's what people are saying. This is, this is the last time I'm watching. And it's like, give them a beat, even regardless of being husband and wife, but that does add another layer. And it's like, if she was interrupting her co-host, you'd just be like, oh, Kelly's interrupting. But then it becomes a critique on their marriage. Yes, I know. And it's just a lot. And I'm, I'm going to stand with my girl Kelly and just be like, give her a second. No, I agree. Like, our whole perception of Kelly has like really kind of, at least for me, like shifted. Yeah. Because now I feel like this extreme kinship with her as somebody who like used to get absolutely annihilated when they podcasted with their husband. And you're right. It turns into like a critique on your job, which is always tough, to a critique on your marriage, which is so deeply personal, fuck all the way off. So I stand with Kelly as well. She has my full support. She will get through this. They will get to a place to transition from like home life to work life, like publicly it's it takes it takes a minute and you know people are very unforgiving so I'm gonna give her a break I'm gonna give her a few weeks to figure it out yeah to me this doesn't mean like the show is bad or he was the wrong choice they just need time and also it's not only like Mark has to adjust to being a daytime talk show host and I'm sure the times that he went on before it was like fun and all about him I feel like that's exactly what happens with our husbands like there's a difference between having them on as a guest Mm -hmm. and it's like we're just asking you questions about you versus like okay now you are co-captaining this you're here to work you're here to work yeah I'm sure he's figuring that out but also like Kelly has to kind of rejigger herself around yeah. whoever her new co-host is. Yeah, no, for sure. I also just think like these things take time. Chemistry is a very, you know, Kelly Clarkson said it best. Chemistry is very She actually like didn't say it great. Yeah, no, I don't she even know said, what she was, like it could be good and bad. She said chemistry could be really good or really bad. It was Yeah. I just felt like there was a, a tighter way to say it from a, such a lyricist. I know. So I wasn't sure like what I was trying to say. I'm just like <laughs> they'll figure it out chemistry man I'm not worried about them no I'm not worried either and I'm giving Kelly Grace I'm giving Kelly Grace and then I was looking for stories this morning and my god page six was reaching they said Andy Cohen seems to show support for Kelly Ripa and you know because she's been dragged for her first episode with Mark and I was like oh I wonder what he said that's nice of him and I go and it's like he posted an Instagram story of a Snoopy cartoon and it was like you'll be okay that literally could have been about quite literally anything. That's crazy. Why would they assume that that was about Kelly? There wasn't a, a shadow tag or a small tag. No. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Like, I get reaching for stories because, like, we know today was, like, not, like, a crazy f- big news day. 
But my God, like have some integrity. That was crazy. Yeah. Damn. Are you ready for our next story? Another host who's getting some backlash. Oh, yes. Too. Yes. Fans are petitioning to remove Nick and Vanessa Lachey as the Love is Blind hosts. Fans are calling for the couple's removal from the buzzy Netflix dating show over claims the pair were biased towards some of the cast of the season four reunion. Some person wrote, this reunion just feels so awkward, doesn't seem like there's any flow. Hosts are way too biased, it's just weird. Another one said another unpopular opinion, but Nick and Vanessa are bad hosts who are clearly biased. So this is just like a roundup of mean tweets, mm-hmm. plus a petition that has garnered more than 6,000 signatures, which isn't a lot. No, it's not. Um, saying that they should be removed but see, the thing is, is like, I, I thought they did a bad job too, but it's almost unfair because it was live. Like I have actually thought, I remember last season thinking that Vanessa really did a very good job. Nick was mute and I didn't even understand why he was sitting there, but I thought Vanessa was really good. And it's, it's clear that she's just like a host who needs to be edited. Like, oh, I didn't think it was the live aspect. I feel like she's doing the job that they've asked her to do by injecting so much of herself into it. Like, right. I don't think she's going off script so much. I feel like Netflix or the producers of Love is Blind like like how invested Nick and Vanessa are and mm-hmm. they've chosen to like have hosts who aren't just like this third party objective yeah. person and more people who are like ingrained in the show who are super fans of the show and also like can give marriage advice along the way. I did agree that she was biased. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if they wanted her to be unbiased, they would have said so. Yeah. I feel like she was given license and encouraged to really like to take to almost like represent the internet. Yes. In her job. That's exa- that's what she did. That's exactly what it is. So who do people feel like she was rude to a Paul Paul she sent him flowers she did yeah he posted it on his Instagram story and Paul was also TMZ at the airport um do you think she sent him flowers because she like felt bad about this I mean I don't see anybody else getting flowers that's kind of crazy maybe she felt bad I did feel like she went she particularly hard on him when they were talking about that whole like nurturing thing yeah and it was it was exactly what you had said like people are allowed to feel a certain way about a partner and break up with them and not say it just to not hurt their feelings like yeah. You have to say everything you feel. You don't. So, and they just like would not let it go. Nick too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if this sh- she deserves to be fired. I don't think she should be fired. But I think that if like the producers agree that she went too hard, then she can pull it back next season. But I feel like she did what she was asked to do. She was She did the job she was hired to do. Yeah. And I feel like they wanted to have hosts who would be as passionate as the viewers feel and really feel like they're representing the viewers. It didn't work out and the viewers are like, even though I think the viewers agreed with some of these biases. Right. It was so like, painful to watch her like badger people. Yeah, even I thought what was more painful was like the conversation about babies. Yes, she's which, but she's gotten a lot of flack for that. And I, I understand like, you know, just asking the general question like babies, you know, you just got married. It's not like crazy. Crazy and it's not so offensive, but she just like would and stuff like she literally wants a date no it was like she was trying to reach like a word limit on an essay like she just kept or like they needed to hit a certain amount of time on the like she wouldn't let it go no and like as a viewer I'm like these people just got married let's talk to season one couples about having a baby at least like right if we're gonna if we need love is blind babies right now speaking of season one couples a lot of people and I actually don't disagree with this say that you know they hate Nick and Vanessa they want to replace them with Lauren and Cameron Hamilton which um honestly is probably a good idea I just don't think that Nick and Vanessa deserve to be fired I don't think they deserve to be fired I love Lauren and Cam I have not seen anything that would show me that they're good hosts right I feel like we always have this conversation where just like everyone thinks that oh I like this person they should be a host mm-hmm. and it's 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 his job for a reason yeah. 
Um, I think. What is Vanessa Lachey's resume? She was like a TRL. Yeah, she was a host. Yeah, and is a host. Um, and I think just she'll edit herself a little more next season if that's what the producers want from her. But I do feel like at the end of the day, even though the reunion wasn't tea filled, the season wasn't like amazing. There's only so many questions to ask. I don't feel like there was any question that she didn't ask that I wanted answered. Same, same, same. And there were so many questions that she did ask that I was like, yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. And she was like, even when she was grilling Marshall, she remembered every single important thing that Jackie said in the interview. Yeah. And got actually we got information from him. All in all, it was just like a very weird reunion, and I think a lot of people are like blaming everything on Nick and Vanessa. And like, yeah, they definitely could have done better. Um, but the live element made it so weird. There were so many audio issues. We didn't even talk about that when someone's mic was on in the control room. Who was that? I don't know. It was so fucking weird. And then like threw everyone off. Who I don't forget who was talking at the time. I think it was Paul Marshall. Um, whatever. Yeah. But then there was like a few other times when someone else's mic was like popping. There was quite literally no reason for this reunion to be live. None. Um, and I think a lot of the issues people had with Nick and Vanessa would have been um, eliminated had it just been edited because nobody really has ever had a problem with them prior and the reunion itself was just like fucked for a multitude of reasons including Nick and Vanessa being weird but to blame it all on them is just like it ain't right yeah it should not have been live but I do think that even her her passion would have come through in an edited yes, version. But I think that's why people have liked her up until this point. Like she's she very invested. The internet. Yeah, she's invested. Like she actually cares. I don't know if it's fake or whatever, but like it's nice. It's nice. And we complain all the time. Like it doesn't seem like Andy, Andy cares. cares. And here we have two people who are like, she was re- referencing all these things from the internet that I never even heard. I'm like, oh wow, I really feel like up to speed. Andy actually went on Radio Andy and like spoke about this. Um, Just the element about it being a live reunion and how like they should have learned from Real Housewives of Miami. Like live reunion are the most unnecessary thing beyond unnecessary it's not like Netflix is like known for their live programming so what this is like the second thing they've tried to do why this I don't know why it now? must by the it must be enormously popular like beyond what we had even expected yeah because Did Andy say why Real Housewives of Miami was such a flop like on his from his POV because it was live it was psychotic no, like like what element of it uh no he just said it was chaos and they've never done it again yeah and it was bad yeah. Even though it was bad in the moment, but now we look back on it like as like a historic, iconic moment. But yes, I guess when we watched it at first, we were like, this is crazy. I wish we got a regular reunion. Yeah. But now in like the Bravo Hall of Fame for a show that like, you know, went on hiatus and it's just, it's kind of like a, it's a badge of honor to have been a part of it. I actually think it, this Love is Bind should not have been live and the technical piece was the worst part and like the fact that everyone was waiting. But as far as the content that came out of it, aside from the long-winded answers from some people that needed chopping down, I actually felt like the content was fine you like mean, they moved along yeah yeah yeah. they asked every question everyone got to speak oh I also did read because you and I watched the live stream we were able to but most people were not okay and most people got it up on their Netflix the next day mm-hmm. and I had heard that pieces of it were, were cut like it wasn't exactly what we you and I saw mm-hmm. I mean they should have cut out I'm sure they did you know when that mic went rogue in the control yes. room so any technical stuff but I don't know what else well that makes sense kind of like how Chris Rock he like Flubbed a joke. Flubbed a joke, and they edited it for when it stays. Did on. they? Yeah, they they fixed it right. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. How fucking annoyed he must have been at that moment. I know. If you didn't watch his special, it was good. You should go watch it. I mean, he has this like big joke at the end about the Will Smith thing. He doesn't talk about the Will Smith thing until the end, and everyone's just kind of like waiting, waiting, waiting. And then he fucking pops off. It's like twenty minutes of he's, popping up. He's mad, but he has one like really technical joke that that is. It's like a three minute joke. So he plants something in the beginning of the joke, and then by the end, he brings back something like a callback to something he spoke about three minutes ago. It was supposed to be very brilliant. Um, 
and he totally fucked it up and he, he was like so visibly mad at himself and then he did it again he was like let me do that again and did it again so I think when you watch the edited version it just cuts to as it should yeah and but I'm sure they said that to him like if you mess up just do it again and we'll edit it. Doing a live comedy special. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like not that different than just doing like a live comedy show. Yeah. But like it is crazy. But a live comedy show people can't watch over and over again. Like yeah. it's that moment in time. It's crazy. It was really cool. Again, like unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know why Netflix is getting into the live game. I don't know. It's like all these streamers are now becoming just like cable. I'm dropping three episodes at a time. No, and then they all like merge and they're just channels. Everyone is doing this dropping like new seasons, a couple episodes. Miss Maisel only no, has three and also, out. Now they need to make money. Are we going to have to start watching commercials? Like it's literally becoming television. No, you're so right. <laughs> I was actually thinking like during the Love is Blind thing, if they were going to have like a sponsor or something like this Love is Blind is brought to you by or just product placement, like everybody drinking Dasani or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And we're like moving backwards. I know. And it's like Netflix is giving us less and less these days not dropping binge seasons, doing Fakakta Live. And their subscription price keeps going up. And they're, you know, stopping all these things. You can't share passwords. More than one person on a household. becoming cable. It's becoming cable. Yeah. The cableification of Netflix. Of streamers. Of streamers. Yeah, because, I mean, Peacock, I literally watch with commercials. Peacock is cable, but at least it's because it's cable. It's NBC's, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, I pay for less commercials. Did you also hear that HBO Max is rebranding to to Max? Max? To Maximilian. Which like, wouldn't be a bad name, but HBO is like a legacy brand. Home I agree. box office. Like, and I'm like good with HBO Max. I didn't feel the need to edit. I feel like they don't need a rebrand. They're in a really good place right now. They're still straddling like the line of cable. Like they do episodes once a week, but it doesn't bother people because they're HBO. Yeah. It's like there's a precedent. I don't know why they're trying to fix something that ain't motherfucking broke. Not at all. I don't get it. Not at all. It's, and it's going to be confusing. Are we watching Max tonight? I'm, I don't know. Am I babysitting? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's going to be confusing. And it used to be confusing. Because remember, they had HBO Go, HBO, HBO Max. They had like four different yes, things. HBO Go. And then they got their shit together. And it's like, HBO Max. Okay, we are HBO Max, HBO Max. Now you're going to switch it up. You're finally doing well. Like, you're an actual competitor. A lot of people thought you wouldn't be. Like, stop. Yeah. Everybody's just doing the most, but like the least. But I hope that if they do rebrand like again in a few years, as you know, companies do, that they would brand to Maximilian. I think it's a little long. No, but it's like a really powerful name for a streamer. Maximilian. What does Hulu stand for? Hulu. Like HBO is home box office. Netflix is internet flicks movies. Yeah, flicks from the net. Right. Um, what the hell is Hulu? I'm looking it up. Hulu meaning. Oh, I'm not typing anything. And what are the other streamers? Oh, Prime. I guess that just like doesn't mean anything. It's just. The name Hulu comes from two Mandarin Chinese characters. Hulu, which is Calabash, Bottle Gourd, and Hulu, Interactive Recording. Oh. It comes from a Chinese proverb. Hulu is Mandarin for gourd. G-O-U-R-D. Okay. Uh, and, and gourd in ancient times was hollowed out and used to hold precious things. Oh, you know, they just had like a branding agency yeah. coming up with a bunch of names. And they said, we want to be a verb like Google. And right. then they came up with Hulu. And it's because we hold precious things. Or interactive recording. <laughs> or interactive <laughs> recording. I mean, it works. It works. It works. And it's a good amount of letters, H-U-L-U. Like but four. It's, a, it's a stretch. Majorly. The gourd holds many things. What other streaming? Oh, Disney Plus. Paramount Plus. Now that's like the trend. Everyone doing Plus. Plus. Discovery Plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure eventually those will rebrand. Yeah. There's so many now. I know. I feel like we're forgetting one really big one. I know. 
Netflix, Hulu, Hulu, HBO Max. Prime. I said Prime. Oh. And it's just like, that's an extension of an already billion dollar brand. Like it doesn't. Yeah, but it's called Prime Video. They got to drop the video. I actually like the, the logo, like the square on your Apple TV. It just says Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I could see them changing that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, wishing uh, Nick, Nick and Vanessa, like, a good I week. I see I'm with Nick and Vanessa. I know. I'm not into all this backlash. Also, people really underestimate, like, how difficult it is to host something like that. And I thought they did fine. It and, was fine. And, and they, I'm, I think that they did the job they were hired to do. And, and next year, there will be edits based on the 6,000 people. Right. The 6,000 people. It was really fine. Um, before you continue, let me just let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Skylight Frames. Mm. You know, Jackson and I live in Far Apart. Very sadly. And it can be a struggle to stay connected. But after I got her a skylight frame and I send her photos almost every day, um, it brings us both so much joy. It is a special way for us to stay connected. So if you have a family member or a loved one that you don't live near, check out the skylight digital photo frame. It is a sweet and meaningful gift that will give you a new way to stay in touch with those you love. It's so simple and fun to use, even if you're not tech savvy. There's no app or subscription required to send photos anytime. You can do it from anywhere. So anyone in the family can send photos to the frame. It is a great way to keep family members connected it sets up effortlessly under one minute and even the least tech savvy person can use it it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home skylight frame has a gorgeous 10 inch or 15 inch touchscreen you can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap the heart button letting the sender know that you loved the photo it makes the frame interactive and fun to use it holds thousands of photos that continuously rotate throughout the day and they bring daily joy it has a hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed so if you don't love your skylight they'll offer you a full refund also, Mother's Day is coming up, so if you want to purchase one, you can preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift, and then surprise your mom with photos that they didn't even know you had. Everyone loves the skylight frame. One customer even said, we gifted this to both sides of our grandparents, and they haven't stopped talking about how much they enjoyed it. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer, get 10% off, which is up to $30 off your frame when you go to skylightframe.com toast. That's 10% off, which is up to $30 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash toast. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Primally Pure. If you want to have your healthiest year yet and become the most vibrant version of yourself, start here by cleaning up your skincare products. Swapping for natural options is a must if you want to feel good and glow from the inside out. And Primally Pure has harnessed the power of natural ingredients in your complete line of non-toxic beauty products. From skin, body, baby, hair, and more, you can't forget their cult favorite natural deodorant. Primally Pure products are handcrafted with real raw ingredients to optimize your results and your overall health. The testimonials that flood their Instagram feed, inbox, and website are proof that pure ingredients really do create positive change in your skin. You won't believe the before and after photos and the transformation stories from their community across the world. From handcrafting natural skincare, creating educational content, and cultivating intentional community, and even offering organic facials at their holistic spa, Primally Pure exists to help empower you to only improve your skin, but lead a healthier, more fulfilling life. So if you're on the fence about making the swap to non-toxic products, especially natural deodorant, check out their five-star reviews at primallypure.com from customers just like us. Natural deodorant is very touch and go, but I have to say Primally Pure has so many good reviews. And when I tried it, it was doing the damn I thing. I have it in my purse right now. I've been using it. I oh. like the lavender one. It's really, it smells nice and, and not like those other natural deodorants. Once you're convinced, use code TOAST for 15% off your Primally Pure purchase purchase that's www.primallypure.com slash toast use code toast at checkout for 15% off your order that's primallypure.com slash toast code toast for 15% off your order 
Thank you. You know, that's a great segue into our next story mm. on natural deodorant. Naturally. All the way to all natural armpits. Because Rachel McAdams. <gasps> okay. I saw this photo of her and I was like, oh, she has hairy armpits. And then it looked like maybe her hair um, on her head was just like, because she had like a wind in her hair, was blowing like the back of her ponytail into her armpit. I was like, oh, she doesn't have hairy But no, she does. She does. And that's just like a small part of the story because she is sat down for an interview with Bustle. She has a new movie coming out. She plays the mom in Judy Bloom's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. <gasps> oh, yes. And she's talking about her career, about taking breaks from acting. Yeah. She took a two-year break recently saying I needed to stay safe. She talks about some of the roles that she's turned down along the way because like she just was on a break was on a break but also no like even in, after Mean Girls like she turned down Devil, Devil Wears Prada, Prada Casino Royale Iron Man um, and she also is posing with her armpit hair so but really not but she she talked about like the that she didn't want the publication she, it was with bustle mm -hmm. she didn't want them to like retouch the photos a lot but like she didn't like really talk about the decision she just had her armpits there with like no explanation yeah she said this is my body and that's totally fine about like a million things you know post but uh, having kids like this is me yeah um okay so let's quickly talk about the fact that she could have been andy in devil wears product because i really could see it, it would have been andy yeah, who else? I don't know. Emily Blunt? No, she was so... No, and I saw the article the, that said the, it was the Anne Hathaway she role. She would have been a great Andy. She would have brought that morning glory energy. Nerdy, like... like chaotic, So a lot frantic. of times celebrities will be like, well, years later say, oh, I was actually initially offered this role. And I can't really see them in that role. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the few times where I actually really could have seen her in this film. Yeah. She said she was also, she also turned down Iron Man. What else? Iron Man, Get Smart, Mission Impossible 3, and Casino Royale. That's a Bond movie. I guess like the big ones are like Devil Wears Prada and Casino Royale. Like that sucks. And Iron Man. Um, but I have a lot of respect for her taking these breaks and like no matter what opportunity came across, like sticking with the fact that she's on a break. I think that's like so healthy and it kind of makes sense because she's so normal to me. Yeah. Um, and like the movies that she has chosen to do since then like the notebook like she's still chosen winners yeah. yeah i mean i wouldn't say that eurovision one was a winner but it's okay morning glory yeah no she's she's a star and she can afford to pass up on things like this because yeah. a it doesn't seem like she really cares about being in every film and having the most money and the most accolades like she just wants to live to work not work to live you can't dance at every no wedding. sorry Work to live, not live to work. You can't dance at every wedding. Right. And she seems really balanced. And I love that for her. So I don't yeah. think it bothers her that she missed out on no, things like that. No, she seems like a, a, a star with a good head on her shoulders. She takes being a mom really seriously. Mm -hmm. And her career really. So she's a very serious actress and a very talented actress. Yeah. And the movie looks really cute. Uh, I, Judy by the way, so cute. I only recently heard that they were making Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret into a movie I don't really remember what that book was about I know it was, it was about, about like a young girl hood. going through changes yeah like puberty cute 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 I'm sure the film will be cute Judy Bloom is a pjom um but let's talk about the armpits yeah let's talk about them because they're just there I think they're you know this is me these are my armpits you know she could have shaved for the shoot and she didn't no and you know she what put her arms to her side but she didn't so I am like vehemently against having hairy armpits personally I don't care what other people do with their bodies but like for me I just know like I will never be the girl who has hairy armpits and shows them off yeah of course sometimes I grow out but it's private right 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 you're and I got, I got them lasered like there's really only so much they can grow it's out it's not a statement that you're making. um but I 
don't care what other people do with their bodies. And I just hate when people like do things and it's like women should do that. Like shut up. Women should do whatever they want. So if her, she's out here with her armpits and like not even like saying anything about it. Like I love that. Yeah. I just hate when people like do things and then are like all oh, women should do this. Like shut up. Or like shaving armpits is bad. It's for the patriarchy. You know what? It's not like I just want to shave my armpits. Okay. Like is that okay? Right. Like I just hate when they when when people do things in articles like this and then have to make like a big statement on it. Mm-hmm. She didn't even mention it. I love that. Yeah. So Rachel McAdams, she's back in the game. So, oh, she's promoting Judy Bloom. Okay. That's like a cute role for her. Yeah. What was the last thing she was in? It's Spotlight. Been, no, I think that Eurovision movie came no, out no, afterwards. Oh, th- sorry, there was something in 2020. It was... So she just came off a break. Is that what she was saying? Yeah. Got it. That makes sense because I feel like sometimes she's like popping and then sometimes I like forget about her. Yeah. And she credits Mean Girls as like her breakout role. She wasn't in anything before that. Not of that caliber. It is so crazy. The trajectory of the Mean Girls. When you look at someone like Rachel McAdams and then you look at someone like Lacey Chabert. Like how were they both like they really had the same launching pad. Yeah, but look at Amanda Seyfried. Right, exactly. She's like a Rachel McAdams. It, I, it's just about... What's it about? Like who your team is? Team. Desire? Desire, perhaps. Just crazy. What, you know, life. Look who at Lindsay. Right. Who do you think is the most successful post-mean girls of the four? Amanda Seyfried. Rachel McAdams. I think Amanda Seyfried. It depends on what the you year. like. No, it no. also depends on the year. But like, I like Rachel McAdams movies better than Amanda Seyfried's. Like, I didn't watch The Dropout. I don't watch Mamma Mia. Like, Me neither. But in terms of success, I'm not saying who would we like most. I'm saying who's most successful. Like, for every one movie of ones, there's a there's like a equal of the other. Do you know what I mean? No, because because Amanda Seyfried has a franchise. Mamma Mia. Does Rachel McAdams have a franchise? She's in something I think. Big Transformers. Like a, I don't think she's in any Marvel. She's in Transformers. No, I'm saying I don't think she is. I think she's in one thing like that, like a Marvely DC Comics vibe. Yeah, I don't like think a so. money making machine. Okay, let's see. We're on her IMDb. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, okay, that's definitely that's one of like those. That's like something. Yeah. yeah, Eurovision Game Night. Doctor Strange again. Spotlight. True Detective. Oh. Southpaw. Right. Drop drop a comment. Who do you think is more of a success? Let's pit women against each other. Rachel McAdams or Amanda Seyfried? Sherlock Holmes. Two Sherlock Holmeses. The hot chick. Oh my God, throwback. That was after Mean Girls, yeah? Yeah. Iconic. So good. That movie was really good. Just here to remind you, Rob Schneider's daughter is Elle King. Yeah, Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah! Like there's really good, and those are movies that I love. And I think Amanda Seyfried has like you know letters to Juliet or whatever, right. but I didn't see it. Right. So that's so why I say personal preference. Like I think their net worth. She are has probably, letters to Juliet, and she also has Dear John. Right. She has two movies about letters. She writes a lot of letters. She's constantly the writing letters. Let's see. Amanda you Seyfried don't touch IMDb. the Morgan letters. Amanda Seyfried, IMDb. Oh, she was in Les Mis. Yeah, she's very Oscar-y. Yeah. Rachel's not. She's more commercial. Yeah, that's true. It's very Kelsey and Juliet, commercial versus editorial. Yeah. That's another reference, like, I don't think I'll ever stop bringing up. Like, when they were talking on Siesta Key about, like, being a commercial model versus an editorial model. But it was Kelsey versus herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, Juliet wasn't involved. So. Like, Amanda Seyfried has so many movies, mm-hmm. and 
I have never heard of them. Right. So I guess maybe like Rachel McAdams is more your niche. But I'm just curious who people think is Ted more too, successful. Ted too, of course. But to me, that's like a travesty. Yeah, because it should have been Mila Kunis. Yeah. <sighs> Dear John. Okay. There's a lot. There's way more movies for Amanda Seyfried, just want to say. Mm. More volume. Because mm. she didn't take those years off. Mm. Comes full circle. Mm. Are you ready for our next story? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I think we're all ready for this next story uh. because Victoria Justice is addressing longtime rumor that she's jealous of Ariana Grande. So she is I'm in saying, pain. I'm in pain. I'm in pain too. You watch the video. It's like course. news. Shout out Aaron Lim for asking the questions that like needed to be asked. Interv- it was at Coachella, right? Yeah. They interviewed her at Coachella. They posted the Instagram on Monday. Um, and she said that despite not wanting to talk about this topic anymore, she did. She said, we were both like, this is so stupid. She said of hearing the rivalry rumors for the first time more than 10 years ago. Uh, Justice now said Ariana texted her at the time and they both blasted the narrative that was creative of them, created of them not being friends with each other. Yeah, she basically said this is like an internet thing. Me and Ariana are fine. I've spoken to Ariana multiple times. Like, I wish people would let this go and I can't let this go. I can't let this go. And I think we all shouldn't let it go. And I'm sure that it's fine. I'm sure that like, I don't think, I think Victoria was looking at her Instagram after this. I think she's like very happy in her life and her career. And you know, isn't like with her voodoo doll of Ariana. Yeah. And it doesn't really like think about Ariana, you know, because they both come, it's been 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I do think at the time that we all realized that there was something going on. No, I think there's an element of truth to this in the sense that back in the day when they were literally tweens and like they were all popping off and it was definitely competitive and those child show environments were like toxic. There was an element of jealousy. I think that's like human nature. Um, because, you know, it was Victoria's show, but I think, like, everyone, like, in the cast, like, loved Ari so much, and Ari had this amazing voice, and it was a show about singers, and, like, for some reason, Victoria Justin was the main character, but, like, Ariana was this powerhouse vocalist. Like, there was definitely something there, and we, I'm sure they all moved on. I'm sure they're fine now. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just weird, you know, Ariana's, like, really good friends with Liz Gillies and Matt Bennett from the show, and they, like, come to all of, they've come to see Ariana on tour, and they've done, like, projects together, and, you know, Victoria and Ariana haven't done any projects together, so I'm just saying. Yeah, like, I don't think it's out of nowhere. I think maybe it wasn't as big as... People um, made it. People made it. Probably wasn't, like, the only thing happening on set. and Maybe it was just, like, a small undercurrent. Yeah. And I think just the way we've all sort of hung on to it... It's because, like, we're immature and petulant children. It's because of the video. The vi- all... I, if we all hadn't seen that, I don't think that we all would still be talking about this. That video interview of them as kids goes viral every six months and it reaches an entirely new audience, which is why people don't let this go because people are like every day somebody new learns about that video. And I feel bad for Victoria that it just kind of her whole life her. is whittled down to this one interview. I think she could have responded and been like, I think we all know that's not true. Yeah, no. Once again, it's like once you lean in, it, it'll it pass you by. I think she thought she was leaning in by responding to it yeah. and like, you know, finally addressing it. No, but she said in the interview, she's like, I like don't want to talk about this. Like she made it seem like there was more there. Like maybe I'm looking into it too much. No, and I, I, I want to like believe her, you know, because people deserve to be believed. A hundred percent. But I think we all know about the, truth. the video. We all know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I actually feel bad for her, but like not enough to stop. Agreed. It's like, if I, if I like put this to bed, could I still say we all? 
No, because that's you not putting it to bed. Right. So I can't. So I don't think we all can put it to bed. <laughs> we all stay awake. Yep. But I do feel bad. Not enough to stop. Not enough to stop because it's like so much. It's of- just a part of who we are now. It's, a, it's our DNA to say, I think we all should. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we're all. But it's also to but me. But I don't just- even remember what the original line is. She said, I think we, we all, all sing. sing. Yeah. Because there was like an interview question. Um, Who's the most musical? A Liz, a Liz Gillies was gushing about Ari singing. How she just like will burst into song <laughs> in the middle of a conversation. And it wasn't even a question. Like, And then they were like to Daniela Monet. But Daniela also does that. And then Ari and Liz were like, yeah, Daniela. And then out of nowhere, Victoria, I think we all sing. (laughs) It's the best moment of my life. Like, I will never stop talking about it. Sorry. And to me, it just, it it seems so silly. It's harmless. And harmless. But I do feel like it's not to her. Yeah. But it's also, and this is going to be like, I guess, mean. Maybe we're all still talking about it when it comes to Victoria Justice. Because what else is there to talk about? Like, she needs to get out there. Do more projects. Mm-hmm. For a while, she was she in that. Was that Nina Dobrev? I get them so confused. That ho- holiday movie, Nina Dobrev. Okay, so Victoria she's like influencer Victoria Justice. Well, she needs some more things because we're just talking about this because she's given us nothing else to talk about. Like she needs like a, a scandal or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think we all sing. I think the same. I would agree. <laughs> Anyways, it was glad to see her looking well. Yeah, she looked cute, like in her element as an influencer at Coachella. Yeah. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yeah. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum Teddy Mellencamp, Mellencamp claims that she had a one-night stand with Matt Damon. I totally believe this, by the way. Yep. So Tamara is outing some of BFF Teddy Mellencamp's sex life secrets. The two peas in a pod co-host appeared on Jeff Lewis live on Tuesday Mm -hmm. where Tamara forced Teddy to open up about her one night stand with Matt Damon 20 years ago. Tamara said she mentioned it on a podcast and then went back and told producers take that guy's name out. And so now I tell people if you guys want to know just DM and I'll tell you who it is. Oh that's funny. She tells people on the DMs I'm like stop telling people Teddy said I did not want to out this guy. Who knows? Um, I mean 20 years ago Matt Damon was so unbelievably hot like I'm so happy for Teddy. I definitely believe I feel like a lot of times Real Housewives like say that they like remember Carol Radswell said that she slept with George Clooney she did or she went on a date with him something like that um every now and then like a celeb like certain housewives who really are believe like I believe Teddy Mellencamp was running in circles as like a young Nepo baby with Matt Damon 20 years ago Carol Radswell was like very much in the upper echelon I could see how she would run into George Clooney um and I find this fascinating and I love that she's sharing yeah it's really funny Teddy and Tamara are such unlikely best friends best friends they have a really successful podcast I know you know Teddy Mellencamp's post housewives life could have been really sad um, but it's not. I feel like Kyle really keeps her in the fold. Like, so she's still very much like films a little bit. And I do, I have heard rumors that she's filming this season. Um, I feel like she totally should because she's there anyway. Like sometimes you have to work so hard to invite someone to these yeah. events. But like with, with someone who's always around um, and has something to say, like I feel like that's fine. Yeah. She really should bring her dad around more. Like as much as um, Dorit brings around Boy George, like we should be seeing John Cougar Mellencamp because John Cougar Mellencamp is like, I mean, Boy George is, like, obviously, like, major. But, like, John Cougar Mellencamp is, like, 
especially for the people who watch Housewives, which is like mostly older women. Yeah. They're like, it's like, the, he's like their king. Yeah. So I feel like she was booted off a little too soon. I know people really didn't like her at the time, but I feel like she's had a really good post Housewives career. Her podcast is extremely successful. It's actually really impressive. Like her and, and Tamara like work really hard at it. They spill a lot of tea, anything even remotely Housewives related. That's like a tiny bit of tea they save for their podcast. It's really impressive. Yeah. I'm happy for her. And like, honestly, she should come back. She should come back. But also, remember back in the day, we used to say she would have been better suited for OC. Yes. That's what people used to say. Because she did have a house in the OC, too. But I do think and her... And now she wound up BFF with Tamara. I know, but I think, like, their relationship only works because they're on different franchises. Mm. Like, I don't think it would be as, you know, copacetic yeah. had they been on the same show. And I guess that's probably part of the success of their podcast is that they're on different franchises. Because yeah. I think a lot of Housewives have podcasts with co-host from their franchise but I think that they are one of the biggest housewife podcasts and they're not even active housewives no well Tamara currently is she's on OC now she's it's airing no but it's filmed okay so yes I but when they started they were both kind of like defunct yeah and this podcast has really turned it around for them it's like it's an amazing it's amazing what a podcast could do it's amazing what a podcast can do and the cream rises don't forget that Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. And don't forget that Teddy Mellencamp had a one night stand with oh, Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah. I'm like, I love that for her. Yeah. Matt Damon was um in air. Have you, you haven't seen it? No. You really should. And he was excellent in it. Look at my. Uh, but like 20 years ago, Jackie, that's like Goodwill Hunting. Like that yeah. was when he was like, maybe that was like Goodwill Hunting was like a little bit older than that. But that was like when he was really, really hot. Yeah. He's still handsome, but you know, his prime. It's just a fun fact. I love that for her. I bet she has like other crazy stories about like being. John Mellencamp's daughter like that's iconic yeah she never really spoke about it I think she was like very afraid of being like known just for that and everyone be like all right we get it like stop talking about your dad so she ran away from it to the point where I literally forget that she has a famous father yeah until she posts about him on Instagram I'm like oh yeah that's like a fun fact about her but I do wish she would talk about it more I bet she has like some wild stories maybe she talks about it on her podcast maybe another incentive it would be a good place to talk about things another incentive for everybody to listen (laughs) All right, well, those were the Fast Five. You certainly needed to know them, but don't fret because the show is far from over because we've got Dear Toasters, our weekly advice segment where we give advice to anyone who needs it on anything that they might possibly need help on. So the email, if you want to write in, is deartoasters at gmail.com. We check it weekly, so make sure you're writing in if you haven't heard from us yet. Either we haven't seen it or your submission stunk or it was too long. So maybe tighten it up and resend it in. And if we've written in, if you've written in recently and we've helped you, like, Hello, write us an update. We haven't gotten any updates from these, you know, ungrateful wenches who just take our smarts and run. Damn, they're blooming where they're planted, Claude. I know, it's actually good. If there were so many updates, it would be like more tumult. And if it was bad, they would come seeking out our help. Maybe it's like we give them such good advice, they're just happy. They're prospering. All right, that's true. Well, Dear Toasters, we're going to dive into. It's brought to you by Topgolf. It's golf. It's not golf. It's Topgolf. We have a bunch of stuff at Top Golf that makes them golf. They've got clubs, the balls, the tees, the turf, the ball picker upper thing. They also have a bunch of stuff that's not golf, like great music, giant targets in the fairway, TVs, handcrafted food and beverage menus. They have a whole day each week dedicated to more play or less play. So they do this thing on Tuesday where all gameplay is half price, giving players more reason to just come play around. So we've been to Topgolf in Nashville. We're actually going back again next month. It was so much fun. We went for a girls' night, and obviously none of us are, like, big golfies. But we had the best time playing. We knew we would have fun with, like, the music and the food and the drinks. But the way we all got, like, crazy competitive, you actually won. Is that correct? I did. I did. And I love when we do these ads because I can remind everyone (laughs) that 
I won at Top Golf. She did win at Top Golf, but we had so much more fun playing the golf than we even expected. And now when we're going back, we're doing like a couples trip with a lot of the boyfriends and husbands coming. So we were like, what should we do the night before we're going to Taylor Swift concert? And somebody suggested Top Golf, and it's like, it's perfect. The boys will love it. We loved it. And it's what I really like about it is it's like outdoors, but kind of in their bays, which is like where you sit and post up with your drinks before you play. They they're heated in the winter and cooled in the summer. And we went in the summer last time we were dying, but it was so temperature regulated. It was fabulous. I was wearing long sleeves. Um, so if you want to check out Top Golf, they have tons of different locations. It is fabulous. If you love golf, it's golf. It's not golf. It's Top Golf. Food and beverage is great. Everything is great. It's just great for a night out. Girls night, couples night, date night, whatever. Today's episode is also brought to you by a brand new sponsor that I'm really excited about because I wore their sweater on the toast last week with Paige because I needed something like fabulous and I got so many comments about it. So shopping for clothes is a compromise. It often feels like we have to choose between saving up for an expensive luxury piece or settling for a cheap fast fashion item that won't last. Well, we have elevated our closets with Quince. With Quince, we get high quality, timeless pieces without paying the luxury price tag. They offer a range of must have items, but like real staples that you need in your closet that you can wear multiple times a week. Um, so they have like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. They have 100% European linen pants for $40. Luxurious mulberry silk skirts at $60. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than luxury brands. And that's because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion. So you'll have them in your closet forever. I actually got a pair of black slacks from Quince that are probably the most flattering pair of black slacks and something I could wear every day. It's like a closet staple. So it's like you're you're investing in good pieces, but their prices are really reasonable. Um, that cashmere sweater I wore with Paige where she said I looked like a rich older woman giving rich coastal grandmother. That was also from Quince. I love everything I got. I also got like a really cute cropped white cardigan. They have really cute stylish pieces, but mostly like classic pieces that you can just have forever. Quince partners directly with top factories, so they cut the cost of the middleman, middleman and they pass the savings on to you. They only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes. So we feel good about getting high-quality items that are lasting longer. I would never have known about Quince if they didn't sponsor the show, and I'm so glad because I have, I think, maybe three or four pieces, and I'm definitely going to get more. Um, and again, they're all things that you can just wear I'm like so self-conscious about wearing things too much mm -hmm. but they're just like basic staple items like it doesn't matter you can wear I wore that cashmere sweater with a linen pant but like I can also wear it a bunch of different ways and no one's gonna know yeah so shop Quince today and discover the affordable luxury you deserve right now go to quince.com slash toast to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash toast for free shipping 365 day returns Quince.com slash toast. Quince, not like the Disney Channel original movie, Quince. Quince, yes. All right, are you ready for Dear Toasters to change some lives? I'm ready. What do you got for us? Okay. Hi, Jackson McLaren. Love you guys. Longtime toaster here. And log at MSG. I was there. I'm 24 years old, single New York City gal, and I've tr been trying to prioritize dating. I've gone on so many dates and I'm constantly bored by these men. A bunch of big fat nothing burgers. I tend to be extremely picky with guys and I find an excuse to stop seeing them after a few dates. But I've been seeing this new guy for a few months and he has literally no icks. He's so hot. He's smart. He's interesting. We're culturally similar and we have very similar values. We have a really strong connection, but there's one thing. Hmm. He self-published three books and I read them. 
I sort of ignored how self-publishing is a little cringy and I read them anyway. He keeps asking me for my thoughts in a super genuine and bashful way and I don't know what to say because the books are insufferable. I've just been thinking about, I've just been giving vague compliments but thank God this is not his day job because it really feels like I'm reading some random kids high school English paper that never ends. This feels so mean to say because he's such an amazing guy and I really like him aside from this. I don't want to lie to him but I obviously can't say I hate your books. I don't know if this is a real issue or just me being dramatic and looking for an out. It's making me want to end things, which feels so crazy. Help, what do I say to him and do I keep seeing him? Love a well-read toaster. I just want to say, I only find fault in one thing that you said, and that's that self-publishing is cringy. I just want to say, self-publishing is probably the smartest thing you can do financially. And it shows initiative. Like, obviously, he's not like a, a writer with a huge following. Like, you can't just get published. And the fact that he's not like waiting for some, you know, hopeless dream to come true. He just took initiative. I feel like it actually shows a lot of really good qualities you want in like a partner. Also, I imagine that that's not his full time job. She said it's not. So this is a hobby. I think it's really important for people to have hobbies like creative outlets, just things that bring them joy. And he's taking initiative, getting it published, like not, you know, waiting and hoping that this book is going to be like the next big thing um but moving on with his life while also pursuing his passions it is really awkward to like read someone's book and and not like it it. and there's three of them and he wants to know what you think um but I think we can chalk it up to just like this awkward thing about the relationship if everything else is so perfect like do not do not things do not like that's hella dramatic I don't know I think it's sweet like I think it's cool when people have passions I think it's cool. I mean, you have to be somewhat financially stable to self-publish because you got to put up a lot of money. So like maybe he's rich. We love that. I'm just trying to look for the positives. In what ways is the book bad? Like, is it what kind of book is it? What kind of book is it like? Is it a memoir? Is it bad because it's just like, you know, it sounds like Paul talking on Love is Blind. Like it's Mm -hmm. just like verbose and goes on because that's like, okay, not for me. Right. Is it, you know, written in layman's terms and it's just really terrible? Like, is it? What's the genre? You right. know, I feel like if it's a bad thriller, okay, like whatever. If it's bad, you know, self help, spice. Ooh. Yeah, if it's bad smut. I, I honestly, I don't find anything wrong with this. Just like you're in an uncomfortable situation because you didn't like the book. So, like, how do you move forward? Just lie. I, I like this is a lie that doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, you could just be like, typically, I don't like love this genre, but I thought it was so good. I think it's so cool that like you, you write, write, and that you took the time to write those books. I don't know. It makes me like think more of this guy. The fact that he's like obviously very like well-read and intellectual. He to create something like put something pen to paper. That's extremely difficult as, while also maintaining that this is not your full-time job and having another career. And he wanted something and he went out and got it. I feel like it shows like perseverance, you yeah. know, there and are I good think qualities like, there. They're good qualities in a partner, yeah. like for the long haul. I agree completely. You don't want someone who's boring. Like you want someone who's curious and like has, I don't know, things to say and, and is well read and you'll never be bored. Yeah. And knows how to like busy himself like writing books right, and right. self-publishing. Like it's important to have healthy hobbies like that. Oh, and you never know. Maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe the book goes viral on TikTok and it becomes the next great writer. Maybe one day your kids like make a TikTok video about my yes. dad wrote this book 14 years ago and he it worked so hard on it. Please like go li- read it. And then he becomes a New York Times bestseller. Love. Happy I think ending. it's beautiful. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think you're looking for problems. Maybe like. Like, I think you and you admitted yourself like you're very picky and you're like looking for an, a way out or an ick. And that's definitely what's going on here. Yeah. It's definitely like a, this is uncharted territory. No, okay. I would say you could classify this as an ick, but I don't think one ick should break a relationship. No. And an ick is like an unreasonable thing in someone that you find icky. It's not any ever a legit, that's a whole concept of an ick. It's like, oh my God, I get the ick when he like stands up. Yeah, you but know? Like, 
So what, so he shouldn't if stand? you ick from someone once, does that mean that you should break up? Like, what does an ick really mean? No, I think ick culture has gotten out of control. Like, I yeah. think it's, it's spiraled a and lot of And now to the people. point where people are, like, looking for icks because it's, like, funny and it's just, like, you know, oh, that gave me the ick when he did that. But, okay. Yeah, no, ick culture has spiraled out of control to the point where, like, everyone's single because they're getting icked out by, like, oh, my God, he breathed. I can't. You like, know, stop. when Zach and I did a podcast episode together a few months ago on Patreon, um, one of the questions was like, what is something that the other does that gives you the ick? And I actually had like the perfect response. And it's like, we should still be married. But when he does this, I get the ick. What was it? It was <laughs> using the word binky instead of pacifier. Agreed. Agreed. Jail. <laughs> jail. Jail to the man. That's disgusting. You want a binky? Like ick. Ick. Oh, and also, now he doesn't call it a binky in my presence anymore. Problem equals solved. Right. All right, next up. Hey, Jackson Clarn. How you doing? I recently unexpectedly got let go from my job. I've always been so career-driven, and I feel so out of place and really lost. I now have to be my boyfriend's extended family, and I can't help but feeling like a bum, and I'm, like, embarrassed. I met his parents and brother already, and I know that he already told them, which is mortifying. Can you help me navigate how I answer questions about my work, as his extended family will certainly ask? I feel so awkward answering questions, and I just want to cancel altogether. Please help. P.S. Don't ever stop singing. Okay, do not cancel. We'll help you navigate like that part of the conversation. But I think what you should focus on is just being like an impressive, wonderful girly for the rest of the night. Like you are, there are so many ways to impress and just like showcase yourself outside of whatever your job is. Like your job is just your job. And right now it's, you're in a lull, but that doesn't mean they're going to write you off completely. Like, no. So get your story straight about like what's going on with your job so that you sound like someone who, who wants to work and you're not, I know right. you're not a bum, even though you feel that way right now, but then like charm them. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Like be interesting, be knowledgeable, be, have opinions, uh, be up to date on what's going on. Like that will just be like, oh, she's in between jobs right now, but she's an amazing girl. No, and I also think context around um, like the current economic crisis is really important. Like you weren't just let go. Like everyone is let go. Like what was it? Google laying off 12% of the like, Facebook, Netflix. Everyone is being everyone. You're not, first of all, you're not alone. So that should make you feel better. And two, like why don't you just go into a rant about how like the current government is just like not working and like you just get political, you know, like, oh, can you believe? Just I don't even, distract. I don't even know like what the right word is, but like, oh, Pete Buttigieg, you know, like something like yeah. this fucking global crisis. I don't know, whatever. Like Talk about that, because like you were, you were let go. You said you're career driven. You weren't let go because you're a bad employee. You're let go because nobody can afford to keep people hiring anymore because the economy is so bad. So it's like go into that. Be like, oh, I, I wish I knew like the right thing to say. Oh, inflation. You know something. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's like you know what's a really good example of this. Like I feel like Love Is Blind. Um, when Zach met bliss's dad it's like because he is a lawyer like that's so impressive mm -hmm. and he like made that his whole personality and it was to like, the point where it wasn't impressive yeah and it's like okay so you have a great job but like the rest of the conversation is trash oh, flip it like i'd rather have a great conversation with someone who's like in between jobs right now and just like doing their best yeah but the rest of the meeting of the parents is going great right it's so important to remember like you are so much more than your job like and jobs are so fluid and people come and go and fire and quit you'll get another job i don't think they'll be overly concerned like I think you just got to like take it on the chin, you know, yeah. and uh, like instead of don't be embarrassed by don't it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be like, uh, I feel like sometimes be like, well, I've, I'm, I'm working on some yeah. project. Like don't lie. Yeah. 
just be like, I was doing this for this many years at this company. I was like so passionate about it. This is what I want to be doing with my career. They made cuts. So I'm not in that role anymore, but I've applied to here, here, yeah. here, and here. And I'm really um, optimistic. Yeah, have like a full answer. So they just move on from the question and then you can talk about literally anything else. And then in everything else, dazzle. Dazzle, razzle, dazzle. Which you should do anyway. Yeah. Even if you had a great job, like you're not just going to sit on your laurels. You want to dazzle your potential new in-laws. I also feel like when it comes to a job in like hetero relationships with like meeting parents, it's always like, what does the husband do? Because it's like a husband's supposed to provide for their wife or whatever. Um, so maybe you'll just get lucky and his parents They're are very, like traditional. very traditional. They're like, oh good, she doesn't work. She can More stay. time in the kitchen. <laughs> and then you offer like a blueberry pie recipe or something. Oh Yeah. Yeah, bring good food. Brings yeah. like dazzle. That's what I'm dazzle, saying. Dazzle, sparkle and shine. Yeah. Women of New York, frost yourselves. All right, our third and final dear toasters. Hey, Jackson Turdy Lou. I'm a Gen Z toaster who found you guys through TikTok wow. clips. And I listen every single day. You are seriously getting me through college. So I'll get straight to it. Are There's, you okay? Do you want to take a minute just to pat no, yourself? No, it's good. I'm so used to this. It happens all the time. <laughs> There's this guy I've been hanging out with for a while now. I'll go over to his apartment. We watch shows. We get food, etc. I also regularly spend the night. And he is the one who asks me to stay over. So I don't feel like I'm overstepping or anything. The thing is, this guy has not made a move. He wants me around. And I can tell he obviously enjoys spending time with me. He seriously is a pjom. He's also super shy. It took me a while to even get him to get to see more a more open side of him when we were just hanging out. When we go to sleep, he gives me my space and we genuinely just sleep. He only kissed me once and it was when we first met and he was drunk. But after that, he's just comfortable hanging out and just talking without any intimacy. Don't get me wrong. It's not awkward at all. We still have an amazing time. But how do I break the cycle of like being in this weird friend zone? Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's I like he didn't friend zone you, but you are his friend. Yeah. Like this I, is a friendship. This literally is a book I just read. And it was because the guy is like so extremely socially awkward to the point of like, like anxiety and he's like really smart and funny but like only when you really get to know him and she's like so excited to get to know him and every time she does she like falls more in love with him it's actually not a good book but it, it applies here um it sounds it, good it sounds like he's just really shy yeah maybe and like he's getting so comfortable with you to the point where like he will be a hundred percent of himself at some point and the more sp time he spent even though if you're like a really shy person like sleeping with someone platonically is like psychotic yeah, but it sounds like he's getting comfortable. And if you really like him and you're having a good time and he's having a good time, this is all really nice. I feel like if you want things to progress, that you might have to let him know that you're ready for that. Like he might need a green light from you. I'm not saying yeah. that you need to like pursue it and be the one who like goes in every single time. No, but in the beginning for sure. In the beginning for sure. And maybe like, I don't know what you guys do when you like order food and watch TV, but like maybe get a couple drinks up in there. Yeah. Nothing like crazy. Cause you don't want to like rely on it. You don't want to rely on it. And also you don't want to like do something that would be so different from what you normally do, but like a spritz or two. Yeah. Just get him feeling a little loose. Yeah. It would help. You will have to take charge in the beginning. But I think there's something really cute about shy guys. There's like always like another layer. Like you're just constantly learning more about them. Yeah, I think you could like make it like a cute little kiss move and then turn it into a conversation. Just and then like it's like you're really one of the only people like you and like his family who really know him. And like he doesn't give like other, he gives other versions of himself to other people, but you know the real him. It's no, kind he, of like it really sounds cute. like he's like worth waiting for and like worth being patient for. Yeah. But you're just going to have to do like a little more legwork than you might have in a different situation. But a different situation like wouldn't Gardner use such a Job. Oh my god, like I'm kind of obsessed with shy guys, like now that we're talking about. Hey, shy, shy, shy. He's shy. He's shy. It's so cute. Like, I like he'll it. He'll be good. He'll be shy when he goes out to the clubs. Yeah, no, he's not going to be like out here at strip clubs because he's literally too shy. He's so shy. I love him. Please keep us updated. Yeah, just like make little moves. Make a move. You have to be comfortable knowing, like in the beginning, like you're going to have to be the one 
who is a little bit more aggressive. But it's fine. The ball's in your court. He obviously likes you. He has you to sleep over. Yeah. And just if like you really hang were, out. If you were a friend, quote, like an actual friend, and he only saw you as a friend, he would invite you to hang out and stuff, but he would not ask you to sleep over. Yeah. Like maybe like in the bed, like you like grab a hand. You're a hand like put hold, your foot up a his A hand calf. hold. Yeah. That's a cute way to sleep. Yeah. Just do something. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. But I think it's worth pursuing. It sounds really promising. I'm excited. I feel like this is the start of a beautiful oh, smut rom-com. Like, none of this ever happens in college. Uh, no, I know. It sounds actually, he sounds so like advanced in Evolved. a Evolved. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with this guy. Obsessed. I need a picture. Honestly, please update us just like anything that happens. Don't let him go. Don't let him go. No, I'm telling you like he's the one. <laughs> Maybe I'm like romanticizing it because I just read this like romantic book. But like yeah. I'm... He's the one for you. Like the picture I have in my head is just like so sweet and I don't see anything like nefarious or or do, like bad about it. No red flags here. No. No, no, I'm obsessed. That was Dear Toasters, our weekly advice segment. So if you ever want to write in, it's deartoasters at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who spoke with us. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. We love you dearly. Don't forget to hump someone you love today. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast and Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories and you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So you're watching this on YouTube. Please feel free to subscribe. Please give it a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts and where podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, it's YouTube, it's Public Radio, it's Xbox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us at Toast and Five Stories. We have a beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. We'll see ya tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. And before tomorrow's episode drops, merch will be available at toastmerch.com, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Set your alarms and gird your loins. Love ya. Bye.